1: Welcome, everybody, back to this episode of the Fallout Lorecast. I'm your host, Tom, or Robots, as usual, and this week we're doing something a little bit different. Things have been pretty busy for uh, Neos Pandora, for Lainey this week. She has some big uh, news. Uh, It's all good. It's all good stuff, but she's been very busy, so we weren't able to do a live show this week. So I'm recording this episode on my own for the first time in quite some time since she joined me because I wanted to get at least a quick kind of mini episode out for you guys this week. Um, I'm not sure exactly how long this one will go, but I've got some concepts I want to throw out there and some lore around the Steel Dawn Brotherhood of Steel from uh, Fallout 76 that I wanted to kind of dig into this week. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, I'm going to miss having her around and having her input and those kinds of things. But I figured, you know... She needs a week off. Things are kind of busy for her. So why don't we dig into it? Let's take a look at what's going on in Steel Dawn. And to start this out with, I'm not going to spoil too much. I'm going to be talking about the three main brotherhood characters that you interact with in that part of the story, in in the events of Steel Dawn. I'm not going to go into really the details of the quests and those kinds of things. But if you don't want to know more about those characters and their personality types, then you may want to skip this episode. If you seem okay with that, then move on, go ahead. And if definitely, if you play through it, listen on, because I think that there's something really cool going on here with the three main characters. So we have Paladin Romani, we have Knight Shin, and then Scribe Valdez. And if you like I mentioned, if you played through this, you would know exactly who those are. So we're going to go into the details about who those people are and a really cool concept that I think relates directly to the logo of the Brotherhood of Steel. So let's let's dig into this a little bit. Let's start with the logo. Now, you guys remember what the logo looks like, right? It sits behind me in the videos on, on that flag in the background. It has the the gears and the sword and the wings. Those are the three main components of the logo. And there are some smaller gears and there's some other symbolism and variations on this logo, but in all forms of this logo, when you see them in in the games, and I believe in all forms of the logo, the three components that are always included are the gears, the sword and the wings. And they're all fairly evenly sized In the logo. And I'm not saying that a logo has to be balanced for the exact meaning of a a company or an organization or anything like that. But it is interesting to me that those three components and their meanings line up very well with the three main people you end up talking to in the Brotherhood. And their roles and their personalities. So what do I mean by this? Let's take a look at the meanings of each of these components. You have the gears and the gears represent technology. And as we know, the Brotherhood of Steel is about technology. They're about acquiring the technology in the wasteland that they believe is too advanced and dangerous for other people to be getting a hold of. And then there's the sword, which of course typically representative of warfare, of um, typically a sword is associated with knights, and so you have that kind of thing going on, right? We've talked about that in m- multiple Brotherhood of Steel episodes, where they see themselves as this like knightly order. And knights have two roles. One role is protection of the land, and another role is to go to war. So both protection and warfare which the brotherhood of steel has done in the past sometimes they go off in order to fight an enemy but oftentimes they are you know stationed in a location and they're they're defending that location and the technology that they have acquired the third element here are the wings and the wings are Probably the least obvious of the three gears makes sense for technology. The sword makes sense for warfare or for at least the acquisition of warlike technology and the building of ranks of things like knights and and people who are trained to defend or attack. Then you have the wings, right? And the wings are a little bit different. There's a description here I found in some of my research from uh, nationstates.net which has an article about the insignia symbolism. And specifically, they note here that the wings represent the uplifting hope that the acquisition of lost technology represents for mankind's salvation following the devastation of the Great War. Now notice, you've got all three of these elements, but they all play off of the technology. It's as if the technology is the cornerstone and the defense or the uh, what's the best way to explain it? The movement of troops in order to acquire it, the sword and the wings, the uplifting hope that that technology brings are both secondary in a way to the technology. They are subservient of the technology. If the technology didn't exist, if it wasn't there, then there would be no need for either of those two other things. It's foundational. Does that make sense? Now let's take a look at the different personalities of the, and the ranks of the members of the Brotherhood of Steel who are part of the Steel Dawn expansion. First we have Paladin Romani. Paladin Romani is the leader of this group. She is the leader of the Expeditionary Force. She served in the National Guard. She is a compassionate individual. She wants to help people who are in need. She sees the acquisition of this technology as a means for the salvation of the wasteland. She is much more aligned with something like Lion's ideology from Fallout 3 than she is from Maxon's ideology of Fallout 4. She is the kind of person who will weigh decisions based on the long-term effects of them. She's not the kind of person who just quickly decides, you know what? We need that technology. It needs to get out of your hands. Let's go get it. It doesn't matter what we do or immediately shoots down the opportunity to negotiate with an outside group who might be asking for some assistance in defending their land in order for sharing their technology, those kinds of things. She's willing to negotiate. She's looking at the long term goals and results of what what can go on. She represents the wings, and she is the leader here. She she in this situation, the wings take precedence. Now, countering her is Knight Shin, Daniel Shin. So, uh, Leila Leila Ramani is her full name. Daniel Shin is the knight, the next in line underneath her, and Shin. And as I've joked in some of the gameplay episodes that that I've done, that you guys have heard some of this play out in that if you've listened to those he's he's the guy with the perpetual stick up his butt he is the guy who is i mean constantly looks like he's pissed off he's very stereotypically the soldier he follows the 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 letter of the command or whatever Directly, exactly the way it's 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 written, he will tell Romani that he disagrees with her, but he will go forward and do his marching orders anyway. And that's another big point, is that he often disagrees with Romani. He sees her bleeding heart side of this as a weakness. He thinks that the Brotherhood should take what they need because it is more important In the long term for them to have the technology for them to have the weapons than it is for them to make nice with the people of the wasteland. He sees that as a weakness. And for him, it's all about being part of a military order. He is the sword. A sword, uh, you know, the phrase that um, to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Well, to a sword everything looks like something to be stabbed um, or or blocked, really. Those are the two things that he is thinking about when he is thinking about his role and the nature of the Brotherhood. He is much more in line with somebody like Maxon from Fallout 4. He would very, very easily make decisions that would endanger or disregard the, the wants and the needs of the people of the Wasteland now for the ability to take what they believe they need in order to secure their own and potentially the future of the people of the wasteland. Maybe, <laughs> maybe uh, Daniel Shin is is just he's a hard ass and you can clearly tell that he does not necessarily like being underneath Paladin Romani and more of her style of the wings and the hope for the future. Then you have Odessa Valdez. She's a scribe. She's not a paladin. She's not a knight. The scribes, as we've talked about before are, if you don't go into the knight track, you go into the scribe track. So theoretically she's on par with somebody like Shin, but in a lot of ways, that's not really how the scribes are treated. The feeling I get for the way that the scribes are generally treated in the Brotherhood is as kind of the secondary side of that. And it might, it might be because of the personality types that get involved with these kinds of things. When you have a group of people like the scribes who are much more about science and book learning and uh, investigation and study, they they're typically considered the nerds. And then you have a group like... Shin, that's all about military and and warfare and those kinds of things. They're typically considered more like the jocks. And as we know, in stereotypical situations, the jocks look down on the nerds. And of course, the nerds kind of look down on the jocks, too. But because the jocks typically have more physical power and can overpower the nerds, they're seen. They're typically seen as being more powerful and, and important. They tend to set the atmosphere and the mood for that kind of internal conflict. In many cases, it seems to me that the nerds are more are happy to work along with other people as long as they treat them nicely, you know, but then the jocks are often a little bit more uh, abrasive, if that makes sense. And, And of course, this is all very stereotypical. I'm not saying that this is the case all in all places. I'm not saying that this is you know, something that has to play out in these ways and that there aren't counterexamples to this in other literature or in your own lives. Um, But what I'm saying here is that oftentimes this is the way this kind of thing is portrayed. Odessa Valdez is a scribe. When you interact with her in the game, she is very much about uncovering what is going on at the Atlas Observatory, getting more information. She is quick to think about alternative ideas, alternative concepts. She's uh, and I think this is one of those traits of people who tend to be a little bit more intellectually um, uh, objectively minded is that it's not if something doesn't go the way that you expect it to. You pivot, you go, oh, well, that didn't work out. Let's find another solution. Everything is a puzzle to be solved. And sometimes you find out that that puzzle is more difficult than expected. So you pivot, you come up with another solution. You move on with the puzzle. It's not something to be emotional about so much as it's something to be solved for somebody like Shin. If things don't work out the way that he wants, the first thing he does is he emotes about it. He gets upset. He wants to hit the thing even more. He wants to force it into place. He's the hammer that wants to hit the nail. Valdez is the the analogy would be is more like a computer. If or a calculator, if you don't get the right answer the first time, you try the calculations a little bit differently and you see what other numbers come up. And you you test out your calculations and your theories about the calculations until you get the right number. That's how calculators work, (laughs) right? Right. so those, those are kind of the two lower levels of this, is the, the sword and then the gears. Valdez would represent the gears. And in this situation, the wings are in charge. And I, I, I can't think of a situation where you would have somebody who balances all three of those things in their own personality in a way that is, I don't know, exactly represented. I, I can't imagine something like that being I don't know, represented very clearly. Um, Somebody like Romani may have more of a gear background before she became a paladin, that kind
0: of thing. But then again, maybe not. So
1: I think this is really interesting because of the way that these three people represent the three main pillars of this. But the other side of the representation of that is, like I stated at the beginning, the gears are the foundation. They're the thing that has to be there for the for the sword or the wings to to make sense without the technology. There wouldn't be the ability to militarize for it. First of all, because that's kind of the main goal of militarizing, or secondly, militarize with it, with the technology, in order to have the means to fight the dangers of the wasteland or the people who would misuse the technology, the raiders and the super mutants and things like that. Also, without the technology, you wouldn't really have the ability for the wings, the ability to uplift the population, to bring them out of the the wasteland out of this apocalyptic lifestyle into something else. That's that's part of the idea in this. And then that also ties to why they would be at a place like Atlas, like we talked about in the last episode anyway. Without that technology, you wouldn't have the potential for things like affecting the weather, which could help feed people by growing more crops. What purpose would you have for that? Other than to help the population, unless you turn that inwardly and it's all about helping you to the deficit of others. And then that becomes the main conflict. Romani reaching out, helping to other people or Shin looking inward and only focusing focusing on yourselves. Or is there a balance between the two? I don't know. I think this is one of those things that's really interesting about the nature of the Brotherhood of Steel is that. In many ways, it's, it's very difficult to balance not only these three ideologies, so these three components, but also focusing outward compared to focusing inward. If you do too much of either focusing outward or focusing inward, then you, you risk destroying the whole thing. A Brotherhood of Steel that focuses too much on the needs of other people doesn't take care of themselves and could be taken advantage of, and that could lead to its destruction. A Brotherhood of Steel that focuses too much on themselves doesn't actually help other people and becomes a cancer. It takes and it takes and it takes only for itself. So these are these are some ideas I have around this. I think that this is really... Actually, very smart and interesting to see the way that these three characters represent those three things. And it makes sense. It makes sense that you would have a scribe that focuses on the technology and a knight that focuses on the military and and a leader who has a different ideology, maybe from each of them. But I think that it it really does encapsulate those those things. And also it also makes sense why when we see something like Maxon's Brotherhood from Fallout 4, why it feels so wrong and it's because there's no part of Maxon's ideology that really encompasses the wings, the uplifting of the wasteland in that if you were to design a logo that actually represented Maxon's ideology, you would end up with a logo with a really big sword, some gears and some tiny little wings <laughs> and balance it out in a way that just wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't really fit. Now, the original Maxin, that could be a completely different story. And we've talked about that before as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, especially those of you who have played through this and where you think this might be going. I'm concerned that, uh, you know, with any good story, things typically get better before they get worse. What happens when somebody like Romani gets removed from power or killed? Does Shin take over? Does Valdez step up? Is there internal conflict? How does that solve itself? Where does this story go? We'll have to cover that on a future episode. I have a feeling we're going to get more of this story this year in some updates that are coming out. Uh, At least I hope we are. Um, But I guess we'll have to wait and see. So join the Discord. Jump on Twitter. Let me know what you think about this. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. And... In order to kind of wrap up this little mini episode, I have, of course, to thank our patrons. Thank you to all of our patrons who support the show every month. You guys are amazing. Thank you for being here. And especially thank you to our tier five patrons. You guys are freaking amazing. Amelia R., Justin S., Matt B., and Zemnes Nightwolf. Thank you, you guys. Um, just a quick reminder, the the four of you plus all of our Tier four patrons and anybody who else who signs up for that for that level, we have another patron episode coming up very, very soon. Last time we did it on a Saturday instead of the new Tuesday time, because Tuesday is during the day and Monday didn't seem to be working for everyone. So in the spirit of what we did last last month and how well it worked, the last Saturday of the month is coming up. It's on the 27th. So if you would like to join me on the 27th uh, at night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, On that Saturday, feel free to sign up or, you know, (laughs) be there if you're already signed up. And let's start talking on the Discord about what topic we would like to cover this month. I think we had a really great discussion last time. I'm sure we have some other ideas out there. Let me know your thoughts, friends. And until next week, stay safe, hang out there. And thank you for being um, a little patient with us, getting this episode out. And... Uh, not necessarily being able to do a live show and doing kind of more of a mini uh, this. You know what? Uh, It's a little bit shorter than usual, but it's actually pretty close to the episodes I used to do. Oh, and one last note, we are getting together on Saturday, which might be when you're listening to this at 3 p.m. Eastern noon Pacific to play Among Us. This is going to be a new potentially weekly that we do for the robots radio community. If you're in the community and you want to play Among Us with a, with a group of us, uh, I'll be streaming it as well. Even if you can't play, you can always watch and and chat and uh, you know, just jump in the Discord. Let us know. We'll be I'll be online 3 p.m. on Saturday, and you know just come show up and we'll play Among Us. We'll you know accuse each other of murder and all sorts of fun things. So go check that out. Also. Um, other news: uh, The Mass Effect Lorecast is launching. We will be doing our first recording this Sunday night at ten thirty PM Eastern, so seven thirty PM Pacific. Um, and this is going to be a super interesting show. We're gonna, <laughs> we're going to be delving into the lore of Mass Effect, which is a, an amazing universe full of all sorts of cool characters and tough decisions and those kinds of things. So um, come tune in for that. It, it'll be up on feeds and things probably a week or a week and a half after that first live episode. But if you want to check out the first live episode while it's live, then come join us on twitch.tv slash radio. All right, guys, I'm going to head out. Have a good rest of your day. I will see you guys later. To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Also, look up the Robots Radio YouTube for videos about Fallout and other things, and check us out on Twitter, twitter.com/robotsradio. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.